Great news. For a limited time, you can get one month free of Spectrum Mobile service. That's right, one month free with any new line. This exclusive offer is only available at select Spectrum stores. So stop by today. Our team of mobile experts are ready to help you switch and save hundreds on your mobile bill. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. Come see us at Market at Hilliard, Taylor Square, and Waterloo Crossing. Spectrum Internet and auto pay required. Restrictions apply. Visit store for details. Hi, I'm Flo from Progressive. Being a baseball fanatic like me can be stressful. It's not all sports points and touchdowns. So Progressive is going to help you take your mind off your team for a moment. Instead of thinking about how they missed that goal point score, think about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive letting you choose coverage options based on your budget. Unlike your team that missed the end zone net area. Well, anyway, hope this distraction about Progressive's Name Your Price tool was helpful. It sure kept me from thinking about all those penalty balls. Yay, sports! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to episode 26 of the Michiana People podcast. I talked with Tim Lehman, head of school for Bethany Christian School in Goshen for this episode. I found out that Bethany operates a little different than most Christian schools. It was a very enlightening conversation and I learned a lot. Hope you enjoyed as much as I did. It was a great episode. Now, some of you may or may not know that I've taken a foray into doing a little stand-up comedy. I've uh, performed twice and the second time I performed was at the Drop comedy club while i was there i did an okay set and met some really cool people which was better than the okay set i did want to talk about the events that come up at the drop comedy club because i think it's a great place on uh, august 31st kurt Braunohler is going to be there and the show starts at eight and tickets are ten dollars each and it's a 17 and up show so kurt has been on chelsea lately bob's burgers he did a set on conan at least one set that i watched on YouTube that was hilarious and at midnight. He has a new live album out on the label uh, Kill Rockstars. It looks like it's going to be a great show and I hope to see you out there. So once again, Kurt Braunohler, um, look him up and look at his comedy. It's really good. We'll be there on August 31st at 8 p.m. Tickets are only 10 bucks each. Uh, also coming up, we've got Volo Marketing is hosting a lunch and learn at Mapletronics Computers in Goshen on August 26th from noon to 1. That's coming up this Friday. Grant and his team will be talking about social media for business. So if you have a business and you'd like to use social media or you're using it and and you don't think you're using it right, or you don't know if you're using it right, this is a good place to come and you get free lunch. If you're in the dark about how social media presence can help your business, this will be a great opportunity to get a better understanding. I hope to see you out there. I will be there as well. I do have a winner for the contest to see Starheart and the Paul Erdman Band at the Acorn Theater in Three Oaks, Michigan on Sunday, August 28th at 5 p.m. And that winner is Don Newman Smeltzer. Don, you win two tickets to see the show and a $25 gift certificate to Journeyman Distillery. Now, Journeyman is a really cool place. They make all kinds of spirits like whiskey, gin, vodka, just anything you can name and have a lot of signature drinks that are really great. They also have a great restaurant upstairs. I really hope to see you guys out there. Once again, this is the Emerging Artist Series at the Acorn Theater. Starheart has a new album out. Uh, you can find that on Bandcamp and the Paul Erdman Band is getting a new album ready to come out here later this year. Come out and see the show and say hi to me because I will be there as well. Okay, I work for Mapletronics, so I may be biased, but I know we have some of the best IT engineers in the region. I would put our knowledge up against every, anyone around, but that's not what makes Mapletronics great. Our ability to solve your IT issues with you instead of always selling you the expensive solutions we think you need makes Mapletronics great. Mapletronics will find a solution for your business continuity, security, productivity, and productivity needs that fit your expectations and budget. Check out mapletronics.com forward slash Michiana people for an absolutely free gift and then explore the website to see what Mapletronics can do for you. Traditional advertising is dead. Radio, TV, and magazine ads are ineffective and everyone's interest is fragmented. Vala Marketing will help you create a strong digital presence for your company using web development, content creation, search engine optimization, and social media. Their primary primary focus is growth. If you haven't figured out how to get quality leads or potential customers in the door, you need to give them a call. As a special offer to Michiana People podcast listeners, 
Grant of Vital Marketing would like to provide you with some free information. This is an analysis of your website, search engine, and social media to help you identify where you're at and where you can go. Give Grant a call at 574-606-6696 or email him at grant at valomarketing.com and tell him Scott sent you. So here comes episode 26 of the Michiana People podcast with Tim Lehman from Bethany Christian School. Hope you like it. Thanks for tuning in to the Michiana People podcast. My guest today is head of school at Bethany Christian Schools in Goshen, Indiana. Welcome to the podcast, Tim Lehman. Thank you. I did want to tell you I've worked in the Goshen community mm-hmm. for about 11 years now, and I've uh, had the pleasure of working with and having clients who are graduates of Bethany. Uh-huh. And I got to tell you, I haven't had a bad experience. Well, that's good. So the type of people, when I look for somebody, I like people who look you in the eye when they're talking to you and they have a point of mm-hmm. view and have mm-hmm. uh, some self-confidence and really seem to care about others more than than they care about themselves. And it's just really, it just seems to be almost across the board what mm-hmm. I see. And I just think that's really cool. And obviously, I told you about the history. I've been working with mm-hmm. your wife as a as an account manager for just about ten years. And when you came here to take over head of school position here, which is fairly new to you, mm-hmm. I started bugging Jan for quite a bit to <laughs> get to talk to you because I I kind of want to find out what the magic is about mm-hmm. Bethany, and then kind of find out a little bit about you. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first thing I wanted to to talk about. It's kind of your background. I okay. believe you've been been in education for quite a while. Uh, well, not as long as you would think, okay. given my age. Okay. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I've been in, in education. Uh, this is uh, my 15th year. 15th year, okay. Uh, so I got started late. I started okay. teaching when I was 38. So this okay. was kind of the third career for me. Right. So what did you do? Uh, what did you do prior? Well, my prior out of uh, college, I was a, a graduate school as a psychologist. Okay. Uh, did counseling, uh, tests and assessments. Okay. Uh, a little bit of, of um, independent contracting. Mm-hmm. Did that for several years. And then when our second uh, child was born, mm-hmm. uh, the plan was that I would stay home for six months because I was in a job transition. My wife just started at West Noble. Uh-huh. She started at West Noble. Right. And that six months turned into seven years. <laughs> so uh, so I did that for seven years. Uh-huh. I, when I During that time, I stayed home with the kids at the best time of my life. Uh-huh. I uh, recommend it for anybody. Yeah. Boy, uh, I wish I could have done I, that. I went <laughs> back. I got a teaching degree, and I... I started working here. It was uh-huh. my first job. That was 2002, okay. 2002, three school year. So I was mm-hmm. a teacher here for 10 years. I was principal for two years. Mm-hmm. I left for a year, became head of school uh, at, a, at a Mennonite school in Iowa. Okay. And then came back here last year. So okay. now I'm starting my second year as head of school. Okay. Here. Okay, that's that's great. Talking about Bethany, I, I'd like for you to put in your own words. Mm-hmm. I did I did my own research, but um, talking about the values here, mm-hmm. can you? And, and there seems to be really four core values. What what, right. what are the values that Bethany has? Uh, well, I mean, we don't often talk about in terms of our core values. Okay, I mean, what we would we I, I've personally simplified it into two things. Okay. Uh, which is really our tagline, learning that lasts and faith that lives. And okay. so, each, so we were uh, historically a very strong academic institution. About right. 95% of our kids go to college, mm-hmm. four-year colleges. Uh, so we've we've had a lot of success in those areas. We've had a lot of successful alumni. You've met a couple of uh-huh. them, apparently. Um, and, and so that's one part of what we do. Mm-hmm. But also we're... Uh, uh, a Christian school, particularly a school that's uh, steeped in Anabaptist Mennonite values. Okay. So we're actually owned by the Indiana-Michigan Conference of the Mennonite Church. Okay. The reality is we function more or less as an independent school. Okay. Uh, so the Catholic schools would be much more tied, much more parochial than right. we are. I mean, even though we're technically a parochial school, that's not really the way we operate. Uh-huh. But we're, we're not a covenant school, and by that I mean there's there's no... Litmus test or no uh, uh, things you have to say you believe in to come here. So okay. we have 
we have people from, I think the last uh, was aware, 58 or 59 different congregations. Wow. About half of those, some sort of Mennonite or Anabaptist. Mm -hmm. uh, we have kids that are Lutheran. We have kids that are Catholic. We have kids that are Presbyterian uh -huh. uh, and so forth. We uh, have Hindu kids. We have atheists. Uh -huh. So for us, we're, we're a Christian school environment, but it's not a place where we're necessarily teaching a catechism. Mm -hmm. These are the things that you have to believe. Right. So we uh, see ourselves as a partner with uh, families and churches. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, even though we come from this Anabaptist Mennonite background and these are the things that we believe strongly in, you know, our teachers and our, even our staff, our, mm -hmm. our custodians are, are all sort of part of this tradition or at least uh, are sympathetic to right. you know, if that right. makes sense. Um, we 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 don't work against the family in that sense. We right. partner with the family. So, uh, so for example, you know, my son when he was here uh, is was probably you know grew up in a Mennonite church, kind of a mainstream Mennonite uh -huh. kid. Um, his two best friends uh, while he was here for a large part of the time was uh, a, a boy that came from an evangelical Christian background, mm -hmm. uh, very different than uh, the background you know, from our family. Right. And the other good friend was a Hindu. Okay. And so this is a place where we're teaching kids how to, how we, we'd see this faith development, the faith that lives aspect mm -hmm. of our, of our thing. So we see faith as uh, a growth, growth model. Right? right. Right. And that, that it's always developing what you believe when you're 16 is not the things you're going to believe when you're 18 and mm -hmm. not the things you're going to believe when you're 25. Right. And so uh, we talk about the issues of the day. Uh, we talk about individual students' development, where they are now, what, what their church believes, what their family believes. You believe something different. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and really, we provide a safe place for people to talk about faith. That would be the difference from a public school, for mm -hmm. example, that uh, in all of our classes, starting in fourth grade through twelfth grade, mm -hmm. uh, that, that faith is often part of the discussion. Okay. Um, you know, well, you know, less in math than <laughs> right in social studies, perhaps. Right. But that that's part of it. So right away, I mean, we have a Bible curriculum, but right away, fourth grade, you would probably never realize that you're in Bible class when you are, for mm -hmm. example. So fourth grade is about how to build community. Okay. And and a lot of the stuff that we would be talking about in fourth grade would be things that a public school or other schools would say, oh, yeah, that makes sense. This is uh -huh. what we're trying to do. Right. But the difference is, is that we base it in the stories of the Bible. Mm -hmm. um, and so this is what it means to live together in a community. This is how we get along together. Mm -hmm. There's no Bible period, for example, you right. know, that's between 10 and 11 o'clock in the morning. It's mm -hmm. integrated in fourth and fifth grade, it's integrated into what they do. Right. Uh, sixth grade, we start a Bible program, which is more or less, it, it would be more like a Bible survey course, uh -huh. really, instead of. Instead That's of, really neat. I, and I did not know that about yeah. the school. Yeah. And it, the, the fact that you, you bring in all faith, it, it's really <clears> neat. <throat> and, and the funny thing is, just as an aside, the last line of our core values where I, where I work at mm -hmm. Mapletronics is using Christian values to mm -hmm. guide us. Mm -hmm. And I, I did have somebody ask me recently, does that bother you? And I said, well, no, because the values of of mm -hmm. the way you treat people and the way you treat your family and the way you treat your community, those yeah. values, whether you believe in the doctrine or not, mm -hmm. are essential. Yeah. And I think that's really cool because it sounds exactly yeah. the way you. I do mean, it would school. be very similar. Uh, mm -hmm. That that we we want to help kids sort of articulate their beliefs mm -hmm. and, and think through why I believe what I believe. Uh -huh. Uh, you know, certainly one of the differences is also is that that teachers are free to talk about their beliefs. And that looks different, of course, in twelfth grade Bible than right. in fourth grade. <laughs> but it's a it's sort of a Big Ten approach, which uh -huh. you know right now is not not that popular in our right. society. Honestly, right. uh, you know, we have period a social period where everybody wants to. So you, ha you have to take a stand. Mm -hmm. You have to say this. You know, this is the way it is, and w we don't work at getting along with other people. And mm -hmm. Unfortunately, sometimes the closer people, closer people are to us, the less tolerant we are. You know, uh -huh. Republicans are, are less tolerant <laughs> of 
of Republicans that don't quite believe what they believe. Right. And, and right. Democrats are, are not very tolerant right. of, you know, Bernie Sanders, for example, because he's a little on the left. Uh-huh. But, you know, often, you know, we can get along with people that are very different than us. But right. we have difficulty. And it's true in families, too. Right, know? right. So, and that's kind of true yeah, of the Mennonite yeah, faith in yeah. general. Well, the overall, the, the larger church is experiencing a lot of, I would call it a schism, but okay. they might call it, you know, there, there's more appropriate words, I guess, mm-hmm. I would say. Difficulty over social issues. You know, mm-hmm. 10 years ago, 20 years ago, it was women in leadership. At least in this area, that mm-hmm. sort of has, has sort of worked itself out. Right. Uh, you know, there are some areas where the Mennonite church, that's, you know, particularly Pennsylvania, where that's, they're still working on that. Mm-hmm. But now, of course, it's, it's big social issues. It's homosexuality, for right. example. So, I mean, it's unfortunate that all sort of discussions sort of boil down to some of these, you know, social issues. You know, right. for example, for us, there would be a lot of people that would like us to take a particular stand on, we are teaching X. We're mm-hmm. teaching that homosexuality is, is bad and sinful, and there are other people that would like us to teach homosexuality is just another way of for God's children to, to express themselves. Uh-huh. And we have pointedly said we're not going to take a stand on those issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we do, if, if we do something like that, I think that for a school like us, what will happen is all of a sudden well, I, I can't send my child there because you're going to you polarize. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. we're trying not to, you know, but that's not a popular position yeah. in our, that, yeah. in, in our yeah. you know. Oh, it's, uh, it's not uh, the so, take, taking yeah. a stand and, and, yeah. and obviously you, you already mentioned the, the, the whole political state right. that we're in now. Right. It, and, and that has, that has one side or the other. into our churches. And, and yeah. our, our, what we're really trying to do is sort of help students, whether they're Christian or not, have mm-hmm. a foundational knowledge of the Bible and the Gospels mm-hmm. and what it means to be a follower of Christ. And and for some students, that doesn't mean that I have to be a believer in mm-hmm. all of the Christian doctrine. Right. Uh, but here are some values that I can model my life mm-hmm. uh, by, and uh, it will be better for everybody. Right, right. It's, it's a, so for some people, it's more it's more directly. Like you know, I'm I'm going to I believe in more traditional Christian doctrine, and uh, but in the end, the students mm-hmm. come out the same place. Wow. So I mean, really, a way to think of it is is helping students sort of explore what I would call maybe the implications of Jesus's call for their own lives, uh-huh. and and. and um, it doesn't really matter that much what, in the end, well, I shouldn't have said that it doesn't matter that much. Uh, <laughs> the school, for me personally, it doesn't matter that much. The school's official position is it matters a lot. Uh-huh. Uh, but uh, whether you believe in the divinity of Jesus or not, uh-huh. whether you believe that Jesus was a great man and here are some moral values to live by, or mm-hmm. whether you believe in the Bible being uh the divine inspiration mm-hmm. of God and Jesus being a divine being. Right. In the end, we're hoping that kind of students can utilize their knowledge to to live a life that's conducive to a good community. Right. I mean, we right. really see our, ourselves as an integral part of the community. And mm-hmm. so one of the things that I often think about is whether we're doing the right thing or not is if we went away tomorrow, would there be a hole in the community? Would there be mm-hmm. something that's missing? And I think what I talked about would be the exact mm-hmm. thing that we're missing. I mean, we can teach values in public school. We can teach values in church. Mm-hmm. And we're one of the few places that, that puts that together. Right. And, and it's open to, as long as you don't work against us, we're uh-huh. open to anybody, you know. We, so, for example, we do have some rules. You can't opt out of Bible class. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, <laughs> you have to go to chapel. Uh-huh. You don't have to believe everything that's, anyway. That Yeah, that approach, yeah. it really <laughs> makes me understand the Bethany graduates that I have mm-hmm. met because they're not they don't they don't push a value system on you they just live a good life uh, that that's sort of the the idea I mean to be able to help students acquire the knowledge and skills necessary to mm-hmm. sort of uh, manage their resources mm-hmm. make good decisions relate to others well mm-hmm. uh, and be and another way to look at it is be a and the shining light of of what it means to live a Christ-like life. Right, 
Right, you know, that's so great. Whether they say you use the word Christ or not, uh-huh. you know, it doesn't matter that much, right. I guess. But right, and you pull students from how large of an area? Uh, most of our students come from within thirty miles or so. Okay, you know, we you know we have a few outliers. We have a couple of kids travel a little further from towards South Bend. Uh-huh. About uh, really three school districts, four school districts: Goshen, Fairfield. Northridge and Wani, okay. Northwood. Those are the main ones. And you know, we have some from Elkhart and right. Concord as well. But right. And how, about how many students do you have? Uh, we have 295 this year, okay. four through 12. Okay. Uh, we've been steadily increasing the last several years. So, like a lot of private schools, 2009, mm-hmm. uh, we had a, a big dip. We were had been averaging about 280, 285 mm-hmm. to 2009. And the next two years, we dipped to the 240s. Okay. Uh, we had a sort of an outflux uh-huh. uh, uh, for various reasons. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't the administration. I don't know all the reasons. But, <laughs> uh, but we've been steadily increasing since then. Uh-huh. And uh, we're really, I'm really excited this year because we, we had kind of been stuck at 280, 282 range for three years. And mm-hmm. this year we're, we're 295. Right. We started a few new strategic initiatives having to do with enrollment and retention. Our, our Enrollment director is phenomenal, uh-huh. and uh, so she's really on the ball. And we're up to two ninety five. I'm excited about uh-huh. that. Uh-huh. It's a different. Uh, I may get to to mm-hmm. this a little bit later, but it's a little different way to make people aware of your of your school mm-hmm. than it used to be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the funny thing is, is social media is important now. It is, you know, and we're, you know, honestly, we're a little bit behind on social media, but uh-huh. we're, we're working on remedying, remedying uh-huh. that this year. But I think, you know, the reality is, is that, uh, you know, you look at uh, surrounding schools and they're all marketing now. Yeah. Uh, you know, for a while we were kind of marketing a little bit and well, we have to be very careful or, you know, public schools, pa- you know, I pass this by, I pass by a uh, billboard for Fairfield every day. I'm uh-huh, going to work. Right. You know, Goshen just spent, uh, or spending is in the process of spending 200 some thousand dollars on, on marketing. Uh-huh. And, um, I think it's unfortunate for private schools everywhere. I'm, I'm us and Elkhart Christian and Clinton Christian and the Catholic mm-hmm. schools where there's this antipathy in the public school arena toward the private schools. I think it's, it's unfortunate. I think it's a little bit of a misunderstanding mm. that we have. I mean, I think that we fill a niche that's, in, that's important to mm. our community. And the reality is, so for example, Goshen schools mm. uh, loses more students to the surrounding public schools than they lose to us. Uh-huh. Uh, and that's, that's why they're marketing. They're not marketing necessarily because, oh, you know, we're losing all these right. good students to Bethany. They're marketing because with Indiana's open enrollment, you've actually got to be good mm-hmm. at what you do. Right. And, and some schools are better at some things than others, and I think mm-hmm. that's okay. I mean, if, you know, for us, you know, if, if we have a family, even if they're a Mennonite family and have a history coming here and they might be a fourth generation kid, uh-huh. if they want to be in the marching band and that's really important to you, yeah. we're not school for you. Right, right. <laughs> we don't have a marching band, <laughs> and that's okay. Yeah. And I mean, I, and I think... Likewise, if if what you want for your child is to be steeped in religious tradition and this idea that we're going to in faith development and spiritual growth and have that integrated in into the school day, mm. then you know we're the school for you. Right. And so we we do have people come because they they want specific programs, but we have a very strong speech and debate program, for example, mm. the strongest in the area. Right. Um, and you know that's. An attraction, but it's mm-hmm. not like you know, it's not like we're a perennial yeah. soccer team that right, everybody wants right. to come play yeah. for or anything. So yeah, you've you've had some students do pretty good. Uh, we we in do sports, have so. had yeah. some students uh, <laughs> do pretty good. I mean, for our, our the big thing that I'm really excited about is um, is in terms of uh, academic Allstate. Mm-hmm. We're we have a strong tradition of our students becoming academic right. Allstate athletes. Yeah, so. You know, like any school, you know, every once in a while we have, uh, you know, great success story. Right now we have a, a recent graduate that went to Indiana University to play soccer, mm-hmm. Femi Hollinger Jansen, and now yeah. he's playing for New England Revolution. So yeah. that's, that's exciting for us. That's neat. Have a professional soccer That's player, really cool. But, but the big thing, athletic-wise and, and even extracurricular-wise, is that, that here participation 
in a variety of things is encouraged. Mm -hmm. You know, I thinking my own kids and other kids I know that if they would have gone to public school, they would have maybe had to focus on one or two things. Mm -hmm. You know, here you can play three sports and, you know, perhaps even be in the school play right. if you want to. Right. And so we really try to keep extracurriculars in, in perspective. Mm -hmm. And this is sometimes a challenge. So, for example, we restrict the amount of uh, open gyms that coaches can have okay. in the summer. I know local, some of the public schools, I mean, if you're a three-sport athlete, you have three practices to go to all summer. And, and we mm -hmm. we have the coaches work together so our students aren't overwhelmed. Right. Uh, and, you know, we have some students that are really into one thing and they might play in a club team and only play soccer or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And that's okay too. Right. But we try to make it possible for students to be very well-rounded. Yeah. We also want them to have time to read. You yeah. Know, no doubt. <laughs> so. I went through that with both my kids. Yeah. One was a volleyball player. One was a basketball player. And you just got to play year round if you, if you want yeah. to, if you want to do that. I think that's unfortunate. And we're trying, we're, we're resisting that and we're, we're drawing, I mean, that's a draw for us. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're drawing, uh, students that uh, that like that right right and yeah. in the big big scheme of things mm -hmm. if you're gonna be a professional athlete right. you're gonna be pretty much ready for it that, that's the reality anyway. and what what a lot of parents understand because they think their kid was the best maybe in their little league yeah uh, or they were you know they had a growth spurt and they were bigger and stronger and faster than everybody else in seventh grade uh -huh. and they immediately start thinking you know division one scholarship maybe probably but you know what mm -hmm. I mean, any any Division One coach will tell you that that kid's an athlete or they're not. Yeah, it doesn't matter how much you practice. Yep. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, take take Femi for example that uh -huh. was here. I mean, it was very clear that he was a special athlete, mm -hmm. and that if he would have concentrated on basketball, if he would have concentrated on anything else, mm -hmm. he would have been a big time player. Not maybe not a pro player in basketball, right. but certainly a Division One type. Right. He didn't play baseball, but if he would have played baseball, he would have been a top player. Uh -huh. You know, I mean, it doesn't matter. Ping pong, it doesn't matter. I mean, the right. kid was just athletic. Yeah. And not only was he athletic, that he was smart. Uh -huh. And yeah. And I mean, so he had all of those things going for him. Right. Very smart. He was socially advanced, mm -hmm. uh, intelligent. And athletic, you mm -hmm. know, I mean, a kid like that is going to be su successful, even if it wasn't an athletic. Right, sport. right. So. Yeah, that's cool. Mm -hmm. So you've got a lot of different faiths in your students. Mm -hmm. How about your teachers? Does that go the uh, same well, way? Well, it's not quite the same for teachers. Okay. So what, what we we follow, what would be in the Mennonite circles, would be called the Confession of Faith from a Mennonite Perspective. Okay. And so basically there are 23 I guess I would call them guidelines, but okay. a lot of other people wouldn't call them guidelines. I mean, mm -hmm. some people put more emphasis on one part than the other. Mm -hmm. And these are uh, would be often considered talking points. These are the things that, that we, we basically agree on, not 100%. Mm -hmm. And so we ask that our faculty and all of our staff don't work against us on those things. Okay. So, for example, I can give you two examples. So, so uh, Mennonite and a Baptist tradition, there is a... Uh, uh, a long history of, of peace and justice and non-resistance. Mm -hmm. so, so, for example, you don't necessarily have to follow the party line. Mm -hmm. You have to know what it is. Okay. But you you can't work against this. So, for example, you can't be you wouldn't be able to be writing a letter to the editor to the newspaper talking about how uh, all of these peace people are crazy nuts. Right? Uh -huh. I mean that you know. You, <laughs> you, you can't work against this in that way. Same with other other social issues. You know, we would be from the confession of faith from a night perspective. We would well, let's just take the most hot button social issue. I'll just mm. throw it out there. So it, it's homosexuality right mm. now, and particularly marriage between a man and a woman, or if it's okay to have same sex marriages. Mm. So you would find the broader Mennonite churches all over the place on that. Mm. Um, but according to the Confession of Faith from Mennonite Perspective, 1995, mm -hmm. by the way, uh, <laughs> is uh, marriage would be reserved for between a man and a woman. Mm -hmm. so, so, you know, complicating, we have people that want to hold to that. Uh, and you have people that say, well, you know, 1995 was just the latest version. And there was also a 1963 version, a 1920-something version, and an uh -huh. 1893 version. And so it was never meant to be can never change. And mm -hmm. so the Mennonite Church broadly is in, is is looking at that. But mm -hmm. what we do as a school is we say, okay, we're going to take a little bit more of a conservative stance, let the church 
kind of working out. Right. And so for now, what that means is our staff, and, and we do, we have staff that, that would strictly adhere to marriages between a man and a woman, and mm-hmm. we would have staff that would say, no, uh, it's okay to have same-sex relationships. Mm-hmm. It's okay to have same-sex marriages. Mm-hmm. But what we ask is that our people are not on the forefront of pushing the change. Right. Uh, and even that itself is controversial. So, you know, mm-hmm. we, we, we're not wanting our... It would not be good for us, or a public school for that matter, mm-hmm. to have their, their faculty, uh, yeah. you know, leading the gay march parade in right. town. You know, I mean, you know, I think it's just refreshing that you guys wring your hands about that. A oh yeah, bit. well, we definitely wring our hands. Yeah, about it a lot. and yeah. and yeah. I think if I, I think if we as a society did that, if we wrung our hands yeah. a little bit more instead of uh, just looking at things black and white, uh, we'd we'd be a, a mm-hmm. little 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 bit yeah. more of a, a right. peaceable society. With well, I mean, other. I think we really look at it from sort of a growth model perspective. Mm-hmm. That, that faith is always growing as you gain more wisdom. Uh, you, your faith changes. And uh-huh. for some people, that, that might be that they're more conservative. Mm-hmm. And some people, that might be they're more liberal right. on, on social issues. Um, and we, in some circles, that would be considered wishy-washy or, or, or some sort of you know, not being afraid to take a stand. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think individually, all of us are perfectly willing to, to say, this is what I believe and this is why I believe it. Right. Right. But as a as a school community, what we're trying to model uh, is we're all going to believe different things. We're just like a family, mm-hmm. and that it's okay for us mm-hmm. to to disagree in these areas. So, right. but as a as a faculty, we're saying, okay, we we we've, we've kind of had to put some mm-hmm. limits on it. Right. If that right. makes sense. So, and that's the way life is. Right. I mean. So there's, there's you, no way right. that you and Jan agree on oh, no, everything because no, there's no way my my <laughs> wife and I agree on everything. But right, you, right. You, you, yeah. still, you, so, you still you still stay married. So we don't have a we have a for students we're we're not a covenant school if that mm. makes sense. So you yeah. don't have to believe certain things. Right for for staff we are sort of we are mm. in the in the sense that you you have to basically agree with. Anabaptist Mennonite theology. Mm-hmm. You don't have to agree with everything. You know, the places where you don't agree, we're asking that you not publicly work against right, us. Right, right. Well, so uh, that's a good way to go. Yeah. So I had the pleasure of talking to a South Bend School Corporation uh-huh. administrator probably 18 episodes ago. Uh And he's also a musician, so we talked about two things. He's a little bit younger than you and I, but he remembers what kids were like back in his day. And we remember what kids are like back in our day. Do you think the children have really changed that much Uh, over the years? I I don't think the children have changed. I think the parents have changed. Okay. The parents are now more increasingly more involved in their children's lives and Mm. for the good and for the bad. Mm. I I think that to take an involvement in school and what your children are doing is a good thing overall. Mm. Uh, but one of the things that I've noticed, I mean, we've, there's a lot of stuff about helicopter parents. And uh-huh. in the Atlantic, there's these articles about the coddling of the American mind, uh-huh. talking mostly about post-secondary, mostly right. about colleges. But just this idea that we have to rescue our children from everything. Mm-hmm. And I think that most school administrators, most teachers would say, if they've been in it long enough, would say that that's sort of the difference. They don't want their kids uh-huh. to fail. And I think right. that what that means often is that their children aren't very resilient. Mm. That uh, it, you know, when, which is going to happen no matter where you are, one kid is going to be mean to another kid. And that instead of helping your child learn how to deal Uh with somebody that's mean, what happens is, I mean, I think a lot of places, is the parents intervene by, by trying to tell the school or call the other family, you know, don't let that happen anymore. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, so I'm, I'm almost like my personal opinion is that that's not good for children. Right. Right. And that it's, you know, we want to provide a safe environment. Mm-hmm. You know, I understand that. And that's important for us. That's important for public schools. It has to be a basic level of safety, but where we have, where parents have changed and which I think is also helping them change their, their kids is this, I fear, and we're not very good at, at, um, 
understanding what real risks are. We're not very mm -hmm. good at risk assessments. Right. Right. So, you know, for some people that might mean, you know, we, um, I'm not going to let my kid bike in the community by himself because, you know, it might be snatched. Uh, yeah. You know, the reality is, is that crime, including kidnappings of children is down yeah. from when you and I were kids, right? <laughs> right, right. And, you know, when we, when we were growing up, if you're anything like me, you could leave your house after you got up in the morning in the summer and not come back for supper. And your mom might just assume you probably ate somewhere else or you weren't really that hungry for lunch. Yep. And That's you can the way come it was back. with me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and now it's, where are you all the time? Yeah, yeah. And, and constant worry. And as they get older, they're tethered tethered by cell phone yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and and that's that's very true and so yeah. i think that that that's changing kids the mm -hmm. way the parents are reacting and and i mean there's certainly some good things about that you know parents mm -hmm. you know being involved in the kids lives and is different that's the bad part right being interested in your kids life is good mm -hmm. being right. Overly involved, right. and uh, I mean, there are always bad little league parents. You know, I get that. I mean, <laughs> yeah, we, but uh, we went through that. <laughs> but uh, we're, we're we're seeing that later and later in life that that sort of bad little league parenting sort of gotten into our you know high schools, and now it's getting into colleges. Mm. And I, I think that's yeah. the difference. The yeah, main difference. And how has technology helped and hurt the? The education system. Well, the technology is something we think a lot about. Mm -hmm. uh, all schools do, of course. Uh, we we're, we really work hard at building community, and and so how is technology? Uh, how can that help build community, and where does it take away? I mean, mm -hmm. And you know, people like us were always behind. When I mean, cell phones came out, uh -huh. you know, the first thing that all schools did, public and private, banned cell phones. Right. Well, that that was just silly. Yeah. You know? uh, <laughs> kind of like, you know, I mean, tattoos you know, uh -huh. 20 years ago. Oh, I have a tattoo. You can't be in school. That's a gang symbol, which, right. is, which is absolutely dumb, right? <laughs> but, but in terms of technology, it's always changing. Uh -huh. I mean, we're always behind. Right. And, I mean, we're meaning schools, parents, yeah. uh, anybody, over, <laughs> anybody over 25. Uh -huh. And so it, it's part of who the kids are. So there's certain aspects of it that we have to accept. But mm. we can help kids use that responsibly. So, for example, we know that... There, there's good evidence that uh, pedagogically for, for, for studying and for learning mm -hmm. that uh, kids have difficulty concentrating on long tasks, you know, sort of that deep concentration because they might have their cell phone uh, playing music on it mm -hmm. and they're trying to read, they're trying to study, but at the same time they're listening to the music they like. And we know that that's right. not good for learning. Right, right. So we can set up situations where okay in study hall you know these are, you know, you're not going to do that we're mm -hmm. not going to tell you what you can can and can't do at home right but here we're going to try to teach you good study habits mm -hmm. things that will be successful for your life right uh, i've read a lot of articles that they're that really support the fact that there's no such thing as multitasking uh, i would i would agree with that <laughs> assessment that well slightly different that there's such thing as multitasking but what that simply means is that everything you were doing while you're multitasking, you're not doing as well as right. if you were doing each of those things successively. Right, right. Instead of at the same time. Yeah, exactly. What, one of the things I wanted to talk about that would, I guess it would worry me a lot if I had, if I had school age mm -hmm. children now. And really, I saw my kids, they started soaking up things that were going on around them really at the age that they mm -hmm. understood the language right. Right. and there is so much going on as far as you know we've got we, we, we've got shootings we've got yeah. police shootings we've got a really ugly political scene going on mm -hmm. right now how do you see that affecting the kids and do you address that in in, in uh, school at all yeah that's that's a very good question in fact i mean i i would say that we we do address it, and that's part of the, the whole community aspect right so so we have it, look, it looks different of course in fourth grade and 12th grade right but, but let me talk about our january term for example mm -hmm. so so in january term it's a play you know it's basically two weeks uh, at the beginning of January between the semesters where students have an opportunity to sign up for other classes that teachers teach that they're just sort of interested in, right? Mm -hmm. And so a lot of those are sort of service-based. A lot of them are, are 
are are social based. So mm. so for example, you know, we're we're pretty much always running a, a, a civil rights course mm. where we would address a lot of these issues. Now, mm. just as you as you're aware, uh, the Black Lives Matter movement is 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 really taking off just mm. in the last one or two years, and I wouldn't be surprised we do something with that soon. There, mm. uh, but we like some for my own children. Uh, one of them went to they they both did the civil rights, but it was sort of different each time. So the one went to the American South and they uh, basically followed the the 60s civil rights trail. They mm. met local politicians and people that were involved in, mm. in the, uh, the civil rights movement of the 60s. And then when my son did it, emphasis of the course was still civil rights, but it lo- was looking at Native Americans and they, vi- okay. they actually went to a Choctaw Indian reservation mm. uh, in, uh, I believe that was in Alabama, mm. and uh, went to school with those kids and talked about what it would or learned from them what it was like, a little bit about what it was like to mm. be a Native American in a mainstream culture. Right. And then there's also just sort of more straight service projects and, mm. and things like that. So that's one. We also often have school emphasis. Uh, so one of the things that we do, which kind of goes back to our uh, being a religious school, like a lot of schools have service day, you know, you're going to go and you're going to work at the old people's home, mm. or you're going to work at a park and you're going to pick up trash or or whatever it is, right. but what what we've done is we've we've created what we would call it like a servanthood week. Mm-hmm. So what does it mean? So this special emphasis for an entire week, not that just you're going to do service for a good thing, but mm-hmm. why is mm-hmm. it a good thing to do service, and right. what does it mean to truly serve others in the model of of how uh, uh, you know Matthew, the book of Matthew, how mm-hmm. you know, using Jesus as the model for mm-hmm. what it means to be. A, a servant, right? And so, um, so that would be we, you know, we throw that Christian emphasis in there, and that mm-hmm. doesn't mean that only Christians do service and all public schools don't do it right, mm-hmm. but it's an extra emphasis. Last year, I mean, we do tackle a lot of uh, social issues, and we were really worried about this one last year. Uh-huh. It turned out good. We decided as a as a faculty that we would tackle pornography, or at least at least talk about it. Mm-hmm. We we refer to it kind of amongst ourselves as, you know, the pornography week. But, yeah. <laughs> but, but really what it was is about relationships and uh-huh. what does it mean to be in a good, healthy, positive relationship with other people. Mm-hmm. And, and, the, and then the, the angle was how does uh, pornography change our community and change the relationships and how is it unhealthy? Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, we brought in outside experts. We uh, met, uh, this, this is just at the high school level, by the way. Mm. Although a lot of parents were like, why don't we do this in middle school? So we're, you know, we're looking at that. Right. Kind of, but, you know, we know that a large majority of our kids, by the time they get to high school, no matter where they go to high school, have have, have viewed pornography, either mm-hmm. by accident or on purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, probably more on purpose than by accident. Yeah. Either way. And so we we looked at that from a biblical perspective on on how it damages relationships. Mm-hmm. And so some of it was you know statistics. Some of it was you know what are the consequences, long term consequences on relationships, long term consequences on yourself mm-hmm. to have that sort of addiction and what and. And it was powerful. I mean, the yeah. students were on their own, kind of decided that they would form covenant relationships in terms of, I pledge to support friends and mm-hmm. we won't do this anymore right. or whatever it was. I mean, mm-hmm. some of them. So we tackled that. We had a, we have an advisory program, which mm-hmm. would also be different. So every single kid in the school, four through 12, has a, has a mentor, a teacher mentor. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes they meet individually, sometimes they meet in groups. Mm. And so that provided us the framework for it. You know, we, we did switch it up a little bit. Like all the boys met, you know, uh-huh. the freshman boys met, and the sophomore girls met, uh-huh. and, you know, and so forth. To be able to talk about this, and, mm-hmm. you know, we really find out that kids had a lot of questions. I mean, yeah. their parents, I mean, I don't know. I, you know. I never talked to my children about pornography, uh-huh. you know. Right, Most right. don't. Right. And so uh, a safe place. Provide mm-hmm. a safe place, a safe community to have those discussions. Mm-hmm. That's really important these mm-hmm. days, I think, because if you don't do it, the kids mm-hmm. are just internalizing it. And right. and and you know, I I experienced things with my own that they just all of mm-hmm. a sudden talked about something that happened six months ago, mm-hmm. 
And they had been carrying right. that with them right. that long, and it just came out even by accident. Yeah. So if yeah. if you don't if you don't bring it out in the open and talk about it, yeah. So I mean, there's we we do that primarily through the advisory program. Mm -hmm. you know? So so we have individual. I mean, it, you know, something like I, I mentioned before we you start recording that we had mm -hmm. a a student death on the eve of the first day of school mm -hmm. and. and and students deal with that with different ways. Mm. Uh, and we have a group process for that. Students can meet in groups with their teacher advisors and also individually. So mm. there's always, there's at least one faculty person that's looking out for every kid in the school. Mm. So that's the person that's, it's not only you look at these kids, but mm. that, that's the person that's like, Watching you play soccer, watching you in the school play, noticing you in the hallway, making sure that you're keeping up with your homework and your right. grades, uh, and communicating with the parents about that. Mm -hmm. And so, and so sometimes it's it's tackling very difficult social issues right. in those little sessions. So. Right. Right. The last thing I wanted to mention is I read that you got the fellowship for Van Luna uh, Center for <laughs> Executive Management yeah. in Christian Schools at Cal yeah. Calvage College. Fellowship. You read, boy, you, is that a mouthful. Yeah, you read that in the Elkhart Truth, right? Which I, yeah. nothing against the Elkhart Truth reporter, but I learned a lot just from that very instance. Okay. <laughs> you know, the Van Lunen Center sent out a press release, uh -huh. uh, and, the, and the Elkhart Truth reporter called me, mm -hmm. and I was sort of taken by surprise, right? I wasn't okay. really realizing. So I, I kind of talked a little bit, and then I thought, you know, I just don't sound like it. I mean, that's not the way I would want to sound. Uh -huh. And so I asked if I can uh, send her an email response uh -huh. to the question that she had asked me. She said, right. sure. Mm -hmm. Well, I sent it, and she didn't, read, she didn't use she any didn't of use it. it. <laughs> she used what I said, and I, I thought, uh, no, I don't even think it was exactly what I uh -huh. said. So I've, I'm learning, and one of the things that I'm working at in my job as head of school is right. I do have to deal with media now, and I'm being becoming more savvy about how to do that. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. But... Anyway, well, the Van Lunen program is what right. you really want to know about. Yeah, but so. and, and uh, the nice thing about this podcast yeah. is I can't I can't change anything you said because right, it's right. all right here. Yeah, it's, I know. It's good practice for me. Right? <laughs> the Van Lunen program is really a, a program that it was set up at. Uh, it, it's housed at Calvin College. It's, uh -huh. it's not run by Calvin College. If that makes sense. But it's really a, a training program for chief executives of Christian schools. So mm. That's the only criteria. You have to be a Christian school. So I was there with people that, Catholic people that were Dutch Reformed, uh, mm. people that were Presbyterian, independent Christian schools mm. and so forth. And the idea behind it is that, which is very true, I think, most people that become heads of schools and Christian schools don't necessarily have a lot of executive training. Mm -hmm. You know, my background is in curriculum, really, right. you know, in teaching. And and so so looking at financial statements, uh, understanding how to deal with the media, understanding how to raise money. Uh -huh. I and mean, these are all things that a challenge is uh, the same as public schools, but also there are several that are unique to Christian schools. How mm -hmm. how do you you balance being the uh, in many schools the the sort of spiritual leader mm -hmm. with your fiduciary responsibilities. Uh -huh. So those are some of the challenges. That would be a challenge. It would be unique to, mm -hmm. to a private school, or right. a Christian school. So those are some of the things we talk about. We have a school improvement project. I have. It's a great program. I have uh, a mentor that was given to me mm -hmm. that's uh, experienced uh, head of school twenty four years. I think okay. he's been head of school. And working with consultants and, and the faculty of the Van Lunen program, people that I have uh, a chance to, to interact with, uh -huh. uh, and, and colleagues, people in my cohort come from all different kinds of schools. Uh, some of them are half-time teachers, half-times head of school, yeah. and they, they might have 50 people in their school, and they're uh -huh. also... Uh, schools that have 800 people in them. Right. Uh, well, actually, one you know, at 12 or 1,300. Wow. Budgets anywhere from, you know, 100 or $200,000 to $150, $160 million. Uh -huh. well, That was the exception. Yeah. Know, but <laughs> more like us. You know, we're, we're, we have a budget of $3.4 million. Okay. Uh, we, most of the schools are kind of like us. Right. There are, you know, a few outliers. Mm -hmm. It's really helpful to have have peer to be in contact with peers. I mean, mm -hmm. one of the things that becoming head of school, I would think it would be the same uh, public school superintendents or anybody, even if you came up within the ranks, 
um, this is different. Mm -hmm. I mean, you might have friends, but you're still the boss of your friends. Right. Uh, and it's that friend relationship necessarily changes. Mm -hmm. There's certain things that I can talk about with other heads of schools that they just immediately understand mm -hmm. uh, because of their own experience. Right. Where people that haven't led a nonprofit or led a school don't. Right. Don't have any experience with yeah. don't understand. Where that's a whole new from. world. Yeah. So that, in a, in a nutshell, the Van Lunen program, that's. Yeah. I was excited to get in. I had to yeah. write an essay and do all kinds of stuff. Uh, <laughs> so. I noticed that marketing and social media is part of the part 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 of the stuff. Yeah, yeah, do, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. My uh, <laughs> I don't have it. My first assignment is to have my school improvement project uh, outlined and uh, by September first, and it's mm -hmm. has it having to do with marketing and social media right, this morning. Right. But I haven't sussed out all the details. Uh huh. That's really cool. So. Well, I, I I think I'd like to give you uh, an opportunity to do your elevator speech on on, yeah. <laughs> on, on uh, why you should send your children to Bethany yeah. before we sign off. Well, I mean, I talked about a lot of it already. You, you, you I did. Mean, I, you catch a I lot mean, of it. it's the same. I guess I would say the same things. I mean, I'm personally excited about the same things that you know part of the elevator speech. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think you know the reality is is that. We're never going to be able to match public schools on the programming. Mm -hmm. There's always going to be a public school, no matter how many programs we institute, that can mm -hmm. have more and bigger right. and more money, more financially stable programs. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's not really where we compete. I mean, I think the big advantage of Bethany Christian School or, you know, more broadly even Christian school education is that we're a community. Mm -hmm. And a community that, uh, because partially because we're small, you know, we're, we're going to always sort of limit our growth mm -hmm. where it's easy for us to keep track of every kid, individual right. kid, individually. Mm -hmm. So I, that, that's true when I talked about our advisory program, uh, where your kids have opportunities, where the kids have a chance to explore faith with mm -hmm. other people. Um, I, I think are big, big things. And, you know, besides that, we have a pretty good academic institution right. as well. Yeah. And we have all, a lot of students that have done mm. uh, very well. And so, I don't know, I guess I don't really have a yeah, you, uh, elevator speech. I you sort of covered, gave it I just wanted to make yeah, sure we yeah. didn't miss anything. Yeah. The enrollment director would probably tell me I missed something. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, make sure they listen yeah. to it and yeah. then, then you can get critiqued. Well, I learned a lot today. Mm -hmm. I really appreciate you taking the time to sit down and talk sure, to me. This was, this, was a, this was a really neat talk. Mm -hmm. And thanks for being on the podcast, right. Tim. Thanks a lot, Curtis. Appreciate it. Yeah. Great news. For a limited time, you can get one month free of Spectrum Mobile service. That's right. One month free with any new line. This exclusive offer is only available at select Spectrum stores. So stop by today. Our team of mobile experts are ready to help you switch and save hundreds on your mobile bill. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. Come see us at Market at Hilliard, Taylor Square, and Waterloo Crossing. Spectrum Internet and auto pay required. Restrictions apply. Visit store for details.